the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. We're kicking off Stranger Things 2. If you weren't here last week, you missed out like the layup. So last Sunday was literally just a layup. The whole talk, everything was kind of a layup for this Sunday and a couple of the next things we're gonna be talking into. So when we finished the Stranger Things 1 series, we were looking through the book of Daniel. There's three really kind of key lessons in Daniel where he sees things in a completely different way. He flips the script. And last Sunday, we were looking at a passage where Daniel starts fasting for 21 days. And then after 21 days, there's this moment where he meets an angel. And the angel basically says to him, sorry, I was late, Daza. Um, I got caught up in, in, in the second heavens and I was fighting with the prince of Persia. Not a prince like a ruler in this world, but the, the thing that Daniel reveals is that there are these angelic powers that rule over nations and over land masses and things like that. And he says, and Michael came to help me and support me in this fight and then I'm going back up to help Michael we're going to finish whacking up Persia and he says and behold I can see already the prince of Greece um, this angel coming to replace it in that area and so straight away in the book of Daniel what we see is before Persia actually physically on earth gets whacked up by Greece we see this movement in the heavens that there's these angelic realms which is why Paul talks about Uh, We do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but we wrestle against the powers of the principalities in the heavenly places. It's this idea of like a spiritual warfare that actually there is this element where Jesus says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound on heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. There is this kind of entanglement between the two, which is where we read um, a little verse from (laughs) New Scientist chapter five. No, from New Scientist magazine saying this. Quantum theory also seems to violate the principle of locality, which says objects or events must be near one another to interact. In classical physics, for example, the gravitational or electrical force between two objects depends on their distance. The closer they are in space, the stronger the force between them. Quantum theory, meanwhile, introduces entanglement, a phenomenon that allows objects to seemingly influence each other instantaneously over any, any distance. And this is something that's actually been observed. They've seen particles that have been entangled on different sides of the planet, and then one, if it, if it were to move, the other one would move. Instantaneously, completely separated, no locality between the two things. So that is quantum physics. That's quantum entanglement. And so Daniel shows us this level on this macro scale that in the heavens ruling over these different areas, there is this, in essence, these angels that rule over these localities. And what seems to happen up here that Daniel gets an insight into from the angel, I think it was Gabriel, shows him behind the scenes footage of what's happening is like you know you're waiting for the latest walking dead episode and then someone just goes and drops bombs telling you what's already happened that's what kind of happens there he gives them this heads up this is the way that it's going and then it ends up going that way today what we're going to be looking at is we're going to be looking at quantum entanglement and we're going to be looking at it from a completely different perspective we're not going to be looking at it on the macro scale of what daniel talks about the heavens and areas and nations and rulership but we're going to be looking at quantum entanglement as Jesus spoke about it. So we're going to be looking at John 15. If you've got your Bibles or if you've got the City Hill London app, you can read from it there. There's a couple other verses we're going to dip into on a few different places, but we're going to be reading the whole chapter of John 15. So it's going to be kind of scripture heavy, and then we're going to expand on a few things. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. 
as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch that withers and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. So part of this is that your joy may be full. So the idea is, us being in him and him and us and he and the father and us together in this oneness and this connection isn't just about that his joy may be in you but that your joy may be full i think so often in life you and i are chasing after things that are going to give us this joy and this this happiness and this completion that just aren't going to cut it and jesus is letting us know right there and then that sometimes we have this idea of like following instruction following commandments stuff like that we're not too cool with it we love being called sons of God we love being called daughters of God we love all of that but we don't love what comes with that like no one does like when my parents would say to me and correct me as a child I was never happy for it I never wanted it I didn't want to hear their opinion now as an adult I hate it even more I'm my own person I don't want you telling me about myself but there's an element where if you're going to be God's kid you've got to start listening to that sort of stuff and Jesus doesn't actually make it a negotiable thing he doesn't make it a thing where you can just do what the heck you flipping want to do he says either you abide in me or you don't abide in me I'm abiding in my father's love you think that because I'm God flesh and blood that I've just done my own winged it and done my own thing I haven't I've abided in his love I've abided in his instruction I've abided in all that he has for me all that he's shown me the things I do are not of my own accord but I do that which I see my father doing I do that which I see my father saying and those are things that fly out of me so he says now you're looking at me now you're getting I am the vine if you want your vine to be alive and bear fruit like if you've seen a plant where one of the sometimes you see branches on it if it doesn't get enough water certain branches start to go brown anything on that branch is going to die it's going to experience death it's no longer receiving the nutrients it needs it's no longer receiving the life that it needs and he says it here they get taken off you don't just leave them there you start taking them off and you burn them you get rid of them you don't need them anymore and his angle is this he goes listen there is a way that leads to death and there's a way that leads to life and he says I have spoken this that my joy may be full so his joy may be in you that your joy may be full. His joy in you, that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide. So that whatever you ask my father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I have said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also, if they kept my word, they will also keep yours. 
but all the things they will do to you on account of my name because they do not know him who sent me if they had not come and spoken to them if I had not come and spoken to them they would not have been guilty of sin but now they have no excuse for their sin whoever hates me hates my father also if I had not done among them the works that no one else did they would not be guilty of sin but now they have seen and hated both me and my father but the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. So when Jesus talks about this in John, what he's really talking about is, 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 is a vine. It's this whole entanglement thing. It's these branches feeding off of one another. And you see, you and I get the opportunity to go through life. And it's, it, the question is what you entangle yourself with. It's like Jesus makes it so plain and clear. You're going to entangle yourself with death. You're going to experience death. And don't be surprised when you've done things that have caused you to experience death when the Father just takes the branch off and lobs it aside. Because that's what death is that's what happens with death death wasn't a part of God's plan death isn't what he has for you death isn't what he wants to give you death is what you choose and give yourself so when we read of this passage we're talking about it like like oh and he's throwing it away no 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 you've chosen you don't want to be entangled with him anymore how did you think the life-giving juices were going to flow to the vine when you don't want to be part of the vine it's simple. It's so simple. Like we look at the passage, oh, look at what God's doing. That's horrific. No, it's not horrific. You've killed yourself. You've killed yourself. He talks about us wanting to be in him and entangle ourselves in him. And he says that his joy may be in us, that our joy may be full. So often we have this understanding and this messed up idea of actually maybe what we want in the, in the short term, in the immediate moment will provide us with joy and it doesn't doesn't you want it for that moment you get it for that moment and then you find out you feel like you're withering up and you're dying and you're being cast aside maybe just me david it's actually such a good song in the bible it's it's written twice the exact same words no differences in 2 samuel 22 and also psalm 18 verse 5 um, david has fled he survived. His enemies are after him. They're trying to kill him. Saul was trying to kill him. And he says, The cords of Sheol, the place of the dead, entangled me. The snares of death confronted me. In Proverbs 22, 25, Least you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Talking about the evil ways of, of, of the wicked man. You see, so often you see there's a choice between what you entangle yourself with. Whether you're going to entangle yourself with God or you're going to entangle yourself with death. Because what you're going to find is, you're going to find them, regardless of how distance works in terms of like time and locality, whether death is imminent or not is irrelevant. Adam didn't experience death in immediate effects, but he experienced what it meant to slowly wither, to, to have God's glory fade, to find himself naked in a way that he wasn't before, to find himself vulnerable in a way that he wasn't before, where that which is then coming, like Thanos is coming, not fading away, continually hunting him down. You see, you and I make decisions and sometimes we have a real beef with God about suffering. We have a beef with God about the situations we find ourselves in. We have a beef with God about the life choices we make. We have beef with God about the dreams that we have when some of these things don't happen. But actually so often it actually just comes down to we actually have pulled ourselves away from the branch. We've pulled ourselves away from the vine. 
we're not in him. We're not abiding in him. We're not abiding in love. We're not abiding what God has for us. We're not keeping his commandments. We're not keeping. And when I say commandments, I'm not meaning this in a judgmental way. The Hebrew understanding of the Jewish people was his instruction for you for life. The identity of who you are to flow with all that God has for you. It's not just the idea of a you don't measure up to these set of things like it's some thing to beat someone over with but it was like this is the they talk about the way the way to life and all the prophets will say not this way not this way not this way not this way then Jesus came and said I am the way the truth and the life and no one comes to God except through me and so when we abide in him we head to the only way you can to experience life and if you want to chase after a joy that's full it only happens when you abide in him you can get the promotion you can get the position you want you'll always want more you can have a hundred million and the Euro millions, I guarantee you, you'd want more. I guarantee you, it wouldn't be enough. I guarantee you. I was speaking with um, someone I had reconnected with recently, uh, an old friend, and he, he plays football, and he's playing at the moment for Nottingham Forest, and they're doing great and stuff. But we were talking about, and I'm, I, I said to him a quote that another friend of mine, a pastor, who used to be a pastor of a church, he's, not, he's now working with American football stars in the US, and I said the biggest thing that he found when working with different celebrities, worked with Premier League footballers, Formula One car drivers, all different guys, helping them with faith, kind of chaplain, kind of pastoral care, he said the thing that he found again and again and again was they couldn't talk to anyone about any of the struggles they went through in life, because any one of their friends they spoke to about it, they'd be like, oh, it must be so hard for you with all your money, and it was so funny, because as I was saying it on the phone, before I even got to it, he went, yeah, money. I was like, oh wow, I'd already heard the quote, but then I knew it was true. I knew it was true, the isolation they could feel, because you know, it's funny, because a divorce is a divorce, whether you have money or you don't have money. <laughs> you know, your best friend's stabbing you in the back, he's stabbing you in the back, whether you have money or you don't have money. It doesn't, it doesn't like lessen the pain. You don't go through things going like, oh sweet, well let me just turn and look at my bank balance. Wow, I feel so much better today. The betrayal is not there anymore. I'm gonna go and spend it all away. It doesn't make a difference. You and I believe a lot of things that would make our lives better and we believe that would give us some sort of joy and it won't give you any of that joy. The only thing that will give you joy, full joy, not partial joy, full joy, is when you find yourself entangled with him, entangled with him. Hebrews 12, verse one. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 11, all these different people standing in faith, trusting in God, believing him and pushing on. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so easily entangles us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right-hand throne of God. I think there's an element today where we can find ourselves maybe thinking about one thing in the back of our mind, maybe a few things in the back of our mind, maybe a couple of things, where the question we have to ask ourselves is actually, well, do I really want to experience joy? Do I really want what God has for me? Do I really want to step into all that He has? Because if you're going to live a life where actually you're really more entangled with the sin than you want Jesus, this isn't like a message of like right or wrong and like, like that. But what I'm saying is if you're going to keep entangling yourself there, you're going to find yourself withering up and you're going to find yourself walking around numb, empty and kind of dead and hollow. Or are you actually going to make a decision to, a consistent decision? We make it again and again. It's not just a one-time thing. We just make up 
but are we going to actively entangle ourselves? There's some easy ways to entangle ourselves with who God is and with Jesus. And I'm going to give you some really quick fire, simple, simple, easy ones. If you're on Spotify or if you're on Apple Music, you can get yourself a little worship playlist. I start my day at work at the moment um, with it on. I don't really, I'm not even a big worship person. I'm not, I'm not big on that, but I've started having in the background. I've got a couple of songs that, that speak to me where I am and I listen to those. It's a simple thing, a simple thing. James says, if we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. If we entangle ourselves with God, he will entangle himself with us. The reverse is true. Like, man, I'm not like one of those guys who says like, oh yeah, bun secular music. I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy. But actually, you know what? If you're gonna fill your head constantly with dropping it low and, and <laughs> stupidity, Come on now. If, if, that's, if that's what it's gonna be for you, and then you're like going, dear God, what's going on with my life? I'm not saying you, you get rid of it. Everyone loves a good party. Everyone loves a good fun. But like, if that's like your, I'm waking up, I'm on my way to work. This is it, Motivation Monday. Here's my playlist. And that is what it is. And then you're wondering why on earth you're hollow. It's because you are hollow. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And there's another thing. What about, what about prayer? You see, the great thing about prayer is, you see, you talk to God about your dreams, aspirations. You talk about your situations, where you're at. You know what happens in prayer? So when you talk to him about it, you start to entangle yourself with him and you'll find he'll start to entangle himself in those situations. It's not that they all change. Sometimes you're going to not like what he has to say. Sometimes you're not going to like and feel the vibe that he's going to give you. But I tell you what, if you want your life to be full of joy, that's the way you go. Because he sees a bigger picture. He doesn't tell you everything. If he told you everything, you'd never do the things that you're supposed to do. Because you'd be like, what? Do that when I know that, 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 that is down the line. No, thank you. I'm going this way where it'll be easier in these areas. But it won't fill you with joy. Like, the, the, If the decision is always going to be just the paycheck, you're never going to have joy. If the decision is always going to be like the superficiality of like social media and people's approval, if you're going to look for the like and the little superficial thumbs up that someone's clicked in half a second without ever thinking about you, ever thinking about what you're worth, ever considering who you are, as opposed to the one who put the thumbs up on the cross like this, took the sin and gave you new life. If you're not going to get entangled with him and entangle yourself with that, don't, don't, think like why do I feel shriveled and, and worth so little because you've, you've established yourself on that instead of establishing yourself on that because when he did that he gave everything he had he became he who knew no sin became sin itself he took all of that that you can be whole that you can have a life that you can have life more abundantly but you and I there's this there's this little trick over here that just goes like that and you're like oh man so and so liked my post Someone so liked it. They didn't think much about you when they pressed it. I promise you they didn't. Sometimes I'm like, should I, should I? Oh yeah, you know what, I like that person, so yeah. I haven't really thought about it. I don't think anyone else is really thinking about it. But he thought about it. He thought about it. It said in Hebrews that he didn't really like the shame, but he endured the cross. And he did it for love. He did it for you. And when we think about that, That's the person I want to entangle everything in my life with because I know I can trust him because I was entangled in my sin and my death and he said, I'll take it. I'll be entangled in it and I'll give you newness of life. I'm going to pray for us today and that'll be it. Father, I thank you that you saw me and you saw us entangled in our sin. Sometimes we don't like to talk about it. Sometimes we want to avoid it. Sometimes we want to 
just to shrug away from it because you know it's something that maybe we feel like we hear once but actually we have to hear it again and again because I don't want any of us to come to a place where we get so easily entangled in sin that we find ourselves no longer caring about the things that you care for, that we find ourselves no longer chasing after the things that we see you do, the things we hear you say. Father, I pray for each one of us, Lord, that actually maybe this week as we do something as simple as starting and picking our own worship playlist to get ourselves started, that you would just guide us to the songs that are going to speak into our lives exactly what it is we need now. Father, I pray for us, Lord, that those of us who want to entangle ourselves with you in prayer as we talk about the issues, the challenges we face, but also our hopes and dreams, we would find you entangled in them, guiding us step by step to the right places. So often we just go and do whatever we want to do without even talking to you about it, when you could put us straight to the person we need to get in touch with for that next thing. I pray, Lord, that we would entangle ourselves in you. And also, Lord, I pray that we would spend some time just reading, reading your word, entangling ourselves in the faith story that you have given to others. Just like it said in Hebrews 12, it says, from so many a cloud of witnesses in Hebrews 11, all these different people living a life of faith. And it was by faith they were declared righteous and it's by faith we are declared righteous. And we put our faith and our trust again in you, Jesus, afresh this morning. We want to entangle ourselves with you. We want to entangle ourselves with the things of this world, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. I could think back to being 15 years of age, having a moment with God where I became entangled with him. I haven't been high or drunk since. I've done loads of other stupid stuff since then, but that was the big issue in my life. And I had a moment where I got entangled. I used to go to school drinking beer on my way to school, not just on a Friday. At the station, can of Foster's, drinking it on my way in. I had a moment with God where he became entangled with me. I don't do that anymore. Like, I haven't been smashed since I was 15. I'm 35. That's like 20 years of something no longer being there. Maybe there's something that's going on at the moment in your life. Maybe it's time to get start entangling yourself in him and not entangling yourself in the sin that so easily entangles because actually God wants you to be full of joy. And the only way to be full of joy is in Him because the iPhone 11 Pro will not fill you with joy. It won't. The new promotion will not fill you with joy past the first week you get the job, you find out all the new problems, you're gonna be miserable as heck. Six months in, guaranteed, happens to everyone. Chasing off the relationship you want. Marriage, oh, if I could just be married, then you're married. And when you'll get married, you find out how you two oppose one another because you're so different and it's going to be a little while before you get on the same page. Your joy's not going to be full. Oh, if I could just have kids because they just sit there so wonderfully and listen to everything I have to say and fill me with such joy. They won't. Listen, they will fill you with anguish and despair and break you piece by piece. But when you entangle yourself in Jesus, you can have a full joy. May you find and realize that though Jesus isn't in this room, and though Jesus won't be standing next to you this week through any of the things you do, locality isn't the deciding factor in quantum entanglement. The distance doesn't matter. As soon as he moves, you move. As soon as he touches, you touched. As soon as he became whole, we're whole. Paul said that we are the first fruit. He's the first fruits risen from the dead. If he's risen, we'll all rise. If he's holy, we're all holy. If he's good, we're all good. If he's blessed, we're all blessed. If he has joy, we'll all have joy. If he's God's son, we're all God's kids. 
we're entangled with Christ. May you experience the unfathomable riches that God has for you in Christ Jesus this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Stranger things too. Next couple weeks, we'll be looking at some more things that Jesus reveals that are just beyond our wildest hopes and dreams. If you get a hold of what I've said today for yourself, not in something that someone said, but you actually do, and step out this week and take a little step. It could be a worship playlist. It could be significant time of prayer, not just with your prayer list of, oh Lord, I'd love this, that, and the other, but talking about your life and your dreams. He could do so much for you. If you start reading his word and going, God, entangle me in this. Bring me in this. This isn't separate from me. This is about me. This is about you. This is about us. And you step into it. He's going to do something amazing. And the next couple of weeks, we'll look at some other key ways he wants to blow the doors off your life. hope you enjoyed today's message and if you'd like to find out more about City Hill please visit our website cityhill.london